How can you get a home when the bank says no? This podcast is dedicated to the 1 in 10 homeowners denied each year by the banks. Welcome to the pre-approved podcast. If you're not getting a traditional bank loan, the terminology can be really tricky. What we're going to cover today is the difference or the similarities between rent to own, lease purchase, lease purchase option, lease option, contract for deed, land contract. So that is just an alphabet soup of words and can be really difficult to know what to search for for Google, what you're actually getting into for an overall agreement. So we're going to break this down into two general categories. The first is what we call the lease option. This is also known as rent-to-own, lease-purchase option, lease-purchase. We call it lease option because you have two agreements. You have a normal lease and you have an option agreement. And how these two work is the first acts like a normal rental agreement that you would have with an apartment or a home. It's going to spell out how much you're paying per month in rent, how long of a duration it is, what you're responsible for, any other terms and conditions that are required for a normal rental agreement, and you are acting as a renter for this lease option agreement. However, there is this second document called the option agreement, and that spells out all of the non-traditional rental things that go towards the purchase of a home. So this would be a purchase price, any closing costs, if there's rent credits, how you're going to do the inspection, the appraisal. So almost just like a purchase agreement that you would do on a normal home is what they call the option agreement. And this can be done a couple different ways. One can be you have the exclusive option to buy it, but you are not required to buy it. That that sounds like an option. Say, hey, I as the homeowner have the option to buy this house at, let's say, $200,000 at any point in the next five years. So at any point in the next five years, you have the first right of refusal to buy that property for $200,000 and the existing homeowner cannot sell that to anyone else. That's going to look a little bit different than a true purchase agreement that says, I will buy this property in the next one to five years. You know, there's some subtle differences there. One is I have the option to, the other one is I will. And so looking at your option or purchase option agreement, those would be the two minor tweaks between the two of them. But essentially, the reason this is set up is saying, okay, well, I can't quite get a bank loan today. So what I'm going to do is rent it and not be forced to move after a year, two years, three years, or four years. I lock in my purchase price. And then when it comes time to get a bank loan, to buy it out all cash, to do whatever you want with it, to even sell your option agreement, you then have that right. Hopefully, the property is appreciated in value and you can go forward with the refinance, with the purchase of your home without having to move and you get some equity in the home as you've been living in it the last you know one to five years. We've also covered on previous podcasts how this option agreement can give you downside protection so that in the event that you lock in a purchase price of 200,000 and the market goes very south, this is an option for you to not exercise your option or to renegotiate. Now to combat this, the existing seller is typically gonna want some sort of earnest money option fee to ensure that you are serious about buying this home because the last thing that they want to do is give you an option to buy it with you having no skin in the game because then all the benefit is to you. So there is some pros and cons of doing this that potentially if you do not buy the home, you will lose your option fee or lose any equity that you potentially have in the home. 
And so that's the trade-off between the seller and the buyer. If we dive in a little bit deeper into the actual title of the property, the title will still stay in the owner's name. So you have this option agreement, which most often is not recorded at the county. And so you're going to want to make you know very clear that your option agreement is enforceable or that you actually have one. Don't just make it verbal. Have a written option agreement that says you have the right to buy this home for this price so that the existing seller can't just go out and sell it to someone else um, when you have the exclusive option to buy it. Uh, the other caveat with having this option agreement is typically there's some added responsibility on the homeowner where because you are trying to buy this home, you are acting like the homeowner. So that is lease option. You have a lease rental agreement and you have an option or purchase agreement. And those are your two documents. The title still stays in the seller's name and typically there's not anything recorded at the county. Let's transition to the other form, which is what's often called a land contract, contract for deed or installment for sale. This is a true selling of the home, even though the title doesn't change names. So what this is going to look like is you're going to have a true deed of trust, a, a contract for deed or, or a document that is drafted up oftentimes by an attorney that's going to say, Hey, we've sold this for 200,000. Here's your interest rate. Here's your amortization schedule. If you default on this property or default on this contract, there is, you know, the right for the seller take the home back from you. But you as the buyer have a true equitable interest in the home. This is a document that's filed at the county so that if someone tried to sell this property, you would see this title being clouded a little bit by this position of a contract for deed or land contract. And so those can all be you know, jumbled up together, having the same um, overall meaning. Oftentimes, the down payment on a contract for deed is much higher than a lease option agreement because you are truly becoming the homeowner in every way. You are paying the taxes. You are paying the insurance. It, it looks and feels very much like a mortgage that you would get with a traditional bank. But that is the third category that we will talk about here after this contract for deed where the title truly stays in your name and there's a lien against the property in the form of a mortgage. So sticking on the contract for deed, what does that look like? You are going to enter into this agreement with the seller. It's going to be, you know, a 12 to 15 page contract for deed listing out who's paying taxes, who's paying insurance, how the sale is going to be enacted. And now this is your this is your home. So you can have every right of being a homeowner to do everything that you would want. Now, this is a little bit more interest in a home than a lease option because technically you still might fall under some renter categories on a lease option agreement, whereas a contract for deed or, or land contract, this is really a transfer of ownership of the property. There's still a lien. You don't own it 100% unless you paid it 100% off, in which case then you're no longer in a contract for deed. You fulfill the agreement, the warranty deed or the title of the property would come into your name and you would own that property free and clear. Now this works really similar to how a bank does a mortgage on your home. So if you're buying a $200,000 house, the bank might give you $190,000 in the form of a mortgage. You bring 10 grand to the table and there the title is in your name and the bank has a mortgage against the property saying, hey, if you don't make your monthly payments, the bank can take back your home. That's the same thing on a contract for deed. 
uh, similar on a lease option that if you're not making your payments, they could potentially evict you, in which case your option agreement no longer is valid. And so as you're thinking about which of these terms is right for me and which one is the right one to get into, overall, the argument is lease option is probably your least amount down and it has the most flexibility into it as far as being a renter and the ability not to follow through on the contract. If you are 100% sure that, hey, I want this house, I would do a contract for deed. That's typically a higher down payment, let's say, you know, 10 to 25 to 30% down. And that is truly a home ownership style where you are going to be recorded at the county. Now, of course, this is all with the caveat that if you can just go get a bank loan, fantastic, go for that. But most individuals that are finding us and the whole intent of this podcast is dedicated to those that have tried to go to the bank. The banks told them no. So now they're trying to figure out, okay, do I want to rent and just wait until I can get my credit or my down payment saved up or I can apply for a program with some down payment assistance? Or do I want to get creative, get a home now with some something like a lease option or a contract for deed? If I went over general terms of each of those, so a normal renter, Let's say that you're paying $1,500 a month. That is just $1,500 a month. You would pay, you know, potentially that includes utilities. It doesn't have in- utilities. That is your monthly payment. You get nothing in return. On a lease option, you might still pay that same $1,500. Maybe you'll pay a premium, like say $1,700, just for the exclusive right to own the option for that property. And some individuals will give you a credit back, let's say 10% every payment could potentially get credited back to you either in the form of the total purchase price or closing costs for the property. Now there's some legalities on what is the right way to do that. I'm not a loan officer. I would encourage you to listen to the interview with Sam Hickey. He has some good ideas on lease options, but this can be a great bridge program where you can now be in the home, you know, in the next 30 days or this year and be looking at it, building potentially some credit every month that you're making a payment. And then as you've had that option fee, let's say that that's five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand, you know, 30 grand that you put as, you know, hey, I'm interested in really moving forward and buying this house. I would not enter into a lease option agreement if you are not serious about the house. And how that contrasts with a contract for deed is it's typically a true percentage rate. If you've listened to the other interviews, this interest rate can range, you know, typically from like seven to 12% as a monthly interest rate. And so this is not going to be, you know, the the bank style interest rates that you would be hoping for because the intent of this is to be something short term, whether that's 6 months, a year, 2 years, 5 years, but essentially you're going to be paying interest on this property at a higher interest rate than what you normally would with the bank loan with the hope that as you work on your credit, as you work on fixing anything else of getting, you know, maybe this year's taxes all put together, you can then go to the bank and say, hey, I was paying $1,700 a month for this $200,000 property. I put twenty grand down. Mr. Loan Officer or Mrs. Loan Officer, can I get a refinance to maybe make my monthly payment drop from $1,700 to $1,300? The bank would look at your situation and the intent is, well, if you've been making your payments for a year or two years at a higher rate, that is a higher likelihood of the bank saying yes, because you've been making those payments for the last year or two. And so moving forward from here, if you got questions on which is the right option for you, we do have a little one page flyer that kind of summarizes the difference between the two. Feel free to reach out to us at setyourrent.com. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. You can always learn more by reaching out to us at homeequitypartner.com. Have a good day.